Listener Production. Shares. Market. The S&P. The ISX. Stocks. This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that doesn't own a collapsed crypto exchange in the Bahamas. I'm Scott Phillips. He is Andrew Page. More importantly, he is the owner, managing director, founder, chief cook and bottle washer of not FTX.com, but strawman.com, which you did tell me last week was a crypto exchange. Are you going to try and take that back, Andrew? Are you going to walk that one back or are you going to stick with that one? Yeah, that, that that was absolutely the sign of the top, wasn't it? When you start <laughs> when you start claiming that, um, has has the straw coin IPO been put on hold? Yeah, yeah, I think we might just push that one back a little bit for now. <laughs> let the, let the dust clear. <laughs> How are you, buddy? Uh, pretty good, mate. That's um, wow, what a week, hey? It's been a fun one. We've got lots of stuff to get through, uh, so let's let's get stuck into it. Before we do that, what is strawman.com again? We 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 are not a crypto exchange. Okay, we are a private online investment club. Excellent. Very good. And I should uh, just mention my employer, The Motley Fool, because they like it when I mention them rather than just mentioning you. Uh, and so if you want some uh, yeah, some investment advice, general investment advice for retail investors, as Andrew likes to call us, uh, or just uh, you know, everyday investors, uh, you can find us at fool.com.au. Mate, um, yes, the big news. You or I don't own failed crypto exchanges, but someone does. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, owning that is not worth anything when it's worth zero, but you still have the paper, I suppose. FTX, one of the world's biggest crypto exchanges we mentioned this i'm pretty sure we did last week last thursday when it was kind of on the brink uh there was a takeover that was going to happen was is it binance that how they pronounce this thing yeah binance Binance, yeah which is some sort of bitcoin exchange thing um it's an interesting saga uh ftx has collapsed filed for bankruptcy protection in the u.s um the company's been placed in administration the australian subsidiary has been placed in administration uh the stories now start getting told about apparently some people living in a top floor of a penthouse in the bahamas uh doing their doing their thing uh the kids were in control apparently so the narrative goes these narratives are always great after the fact by the way no one's telling that story two weeks ago but that's uh maybe that's part of the story it's uh it has obviously, mate, uh, finally bought crypto and, and Bitcoin to its knees. Obviously, Bitcoin is over. The whole thing was a fraud and we should all walk away, right? <laughs> I, I'm really, really <laughs> looking forward to the Michael Lewis book because <laughs> yeah, if, if, you, you know, if you thought The Big right Short itself. was a yeah. great read and a great movie, and it was, this, yeah. this, is, this is one of these things that's kind of like it sort of started and you think, oh, okay, there was sort of mm. too much leverage. And mm. it, it, is a, it is a massive fraud. It looks like it's a very fast evolving situation. Mm. Um, it's going to make Enron look like, uh, you know, we should say something in the kiddie times, pool. Yes. Uh, yep. it's, it's just massive. I'm surprised. Yeah. <clears throat> I think in, in the finance world, it's sort of gotten a bit of coverage. It hasn't really much outside of that, but it is... The scale of it is phenomenal, mm. and 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 the the counterparties and the investors in this is like the Canadian pension fund and stuff, like a whole bunch yeah. of people that should otherwise know a lot better. Mm-hmm. And here's a good lesson here: it show, you you it shows you the degree of social proof that I think sucked in a lot of money. It's like, oh, yeah. I'm going to go blank on some of the big institutional investors now, or oh, such and such are investing in. It. Oh, it must be good. Yeah. They've, they've clearly done no due diligence on it because the balance sheet, which got leaked, which kind of started the whole the whole house of cards falling in, was built on air, and mm-hmm. um, and so it's look. There's so much to say about it, um, and so it's going to be it's going to be very difficult to do. I guess I, I'll start by saying. The frustration that that I have with it is that the 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 quality of reporting has just been woefully um, mm-hmm. inadequate. 
So yeah. basically, there's this huge conflation. It's like, oh, this crypto exchange has collapsed. Ha ha, I knew Bitcoin was always a scam. It's like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> Why are we talking about that all of a sudden? <laughs> it's got nothing to do, like literally nothing to do. They Apparently, they didn't even have any Bitcoin on, on their um, balance sheet. They had a lot right. of IOUs to it. Right. But what, so what, the way I've heard it described, which I think is wonderful, was as a casino built on top of a Ponzi scheme, uh, which, <laughs> nice. which was just wonderful. Nice, nice, nice. So basically, the short version is, is they created their own coin mm-hmm. out of thin air. There you go. They wash traded that amongst their own related entities. Mm-hmm. So they had the exchange and they had their own um, uh, trading outfit. Right. Uh, they held most of it on their balance sheet. So it had this artificial market price and this artificial asset value they created. Mm-hmm. They then used that as collateral to borrow real assets. Yeah. They took those real assets and they started betting directionally on a bunch of uh, altcoins, mm-hmm. so i.e. scams. Um, it all went horribly bad. They desperately they tried to cover that up. They tried to cover it up by borrowing a bunch, by stealing, I should say, uh, co-opting a bunch Can of we say client allegedly funds. A few times, just so we don't get sued by anybody at any point. It's actually it's looking really likely, but allegedly, allegedly. Thank you. Good, good. Let's go. Uh, and by the way, some of the stuff I'm reading and watching is like we are, we're we're very far mm-hmm. down the list in terms of you know people that might might try and sue us on this kind of stuff. But it, uh, um, uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's it, the scale of it is huge, and the, the irony of it is, I would say, is that the the people screaming loudest and most talk and being accused of toxicity along the way. Uh, about how this is a scam and a house of cards is all going to fall was the Bitcoiners. <laughs> and if you go back and look, they're all like, it's not, there's nothing there. It's a scam. It's a scam. Watch out. Take your money. Sell, sell, sell. And then it happened. And then irony of ironies, everyone points at them and laughs and goes, ha, 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 look how dumb you are. And it's sort of like, no, no, we're the ones, we're the ones crying, you know, crying foul here. So it's, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. All I'll say is um, uh, if you do hold any, uh, shit coins, if I can use the proper term for it, sell. You cannot. Well, apologies uh, to our listeners. Yeah, you know, I know this is general advice. Um, if you hold any Bitcoin, get the hell off exchange. You know, here's a, here's one more irony for you. I know I keep on saying the last thing. All I'll say is <laughs> the, the the other the other great beautiful like mwah, chef kiss irony here mm. is that this guy called Satoshi or girl or group of people called Satoshi Nakamoto <laughs> invented this. The innovation here was that mm-hmm. you didn't need a bank and you didn't need a counterparty. Mm. And you could self-custody, you could be your own bank. In a nutshell, that, that's kind of the innovation that was this invention that, that mm-hmm. the world had never seen. And so humans go, oh, isn't that a brilliant innovation? I'm going to rely on a, on a, uh, a third party <laughs> to custody that for me. And by the way, it's going to be an unregulated uh, third party based in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you do get that you... The whole point of this thing is that you don't need anyone else. And so, you know, the history books will will have a lot to say on all of this, I think. So I'm going to try and I'm going to try and unpack a bit of what you just said, mate, um, to, to try and make it uh, uh, try to draw a, a, some sort of line under it for me and for, for our listeners. Uh, those of us who aren't as deeply into this stuff as you are know it quite so well. So uh, let me make some statements. Feel free to pull yep. me up at any point uh, mm-hmm. and and correct me or, or add, subtract, remove, change. Yep. Um, so first things first is chasing hot money, the cool new thing, FOMO is almost always a terrible idea. Yep. So, you know, the whole idea of the FTX thing, everyone's making money, even bloody, you know, massive massive pension funds are investing money in FTX because everyone was and they wanted to be diversified and all that kind of crap they got completely those, in, those investment in. boards is, uh, should be absolutely fired yeah. I mean there, there is no excuse for there's FOMO 
Um, but I mean, when you're dealing with people's retirement savings and you're dealing yep. with hundreds of millions of dollars, mm-hmm. for you to plow all of that into something so reckless, even, yes. even if, there's, if there wasn't fraud involved here, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that is a fire, a sackable offence in my yep. my view. Sorry, please, so, please no, continue. That's good. So, so there's that, right? So, so first thing is just don't get caught with FOMO, just because everyone else is doing, just because the cool kids are doing, just because crypto and air quotes might be the future. Whatever it is, whatever the new thing is, when everyone's running towards something, and by the way, I'll throw lithium in there, I'll throw anything else you can think of that everyone's excited about, be very, 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 very careful. Doesn't mean there's not some opportunity there. Maybe Bitcoin is the answer to that one. During the dot-com crash, Amazon was the one that would come out as the absolutely dominant e-commerce retailer, but it doesn't mean everything is therefore can be drafted along and go with it. So that's the first thing. Second thing I will say is, in you know, Counterpart, I, I, I absolutely understand, mate, people wanting to use an exchange to hold their cryptocurrencies. My $100 worth of Bitcoin was bought through Coinbase, as you know. Um, apparently, I can now sell it. I haven't tried, but apparently, I can now sell it. Uh, Don't sell it. Just take it Take it off exchange. <laughs> well, so here's the thing, right? Is the Crypto is still difficult for most people to get their heads around as average investors, retail investors, if I can use that term. You know, I know you don't mm-hmm. like it. Um, I hate that term, but you know, but for, yes. well, but for, yeah. like even for me, right? I, I have more than a passing interest in it. I could try and work out how the hell to do this, but I'm probably going to like, you know, I'll just grab an exchange and use an exchange and that'll do me. Now, I was mm-hmm. only put 100 bucks in, so I haven't got a, uh, you know, if I, if I lose it, if the, if, the, if, the, if the exchange goes bust, then I mean, I'll be unhappy about the 100 bucks, but it's not going to kill me. Um, so I don't, worth I don't a lot have more than 100 bucks since you bought it. Actually, I, I actually did check the other day. About 300 bucks now. It, yeah, it yeah. was worth it was worth almost thousand dollars at one point. That's, that's after an 80 percent drawdown. Right, right. Um, yeah. So anyway, so you know, so I, I get that people want to use an exchange, and frankly, the I, maybe the maybe the key thing about these and so so that's the next thing. Like next thing or the thing after that, most of these are largely or entirely unregulated. Yep. So be very, 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 very careful. The same regulations do not apply, nor are there insurance schemes or government oversight in the way there are for the Australian Securities Exchange or for your local stockbroker. If you buy shares with Comsec on the ASX, you have a couple of layers of protection that won't guarantee anything, but will make it much, 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 much less likely you get taken for it. Even in the US, we don't have chess. The brokers have insurance schemes. If one of them goes broke, you're you're made whole. The crypto exchanges don't have any of this, um, probably don't even want any of these things because they're in it for themselves trying to make a buck. And so just be careful just because it's an exchange like the Australian Securities Exchange or you think of an exchange like a broker, which they, and they kind of are, right? They, they're, they're, they're analogous to it. But that doesn't mean for a second they are as reputable, as reliable, as proven, as tested, as insured, as regulated, any of those things. Now, I, I, gotta say, Andrew, I don't know what the solution is. I, I, I would probably be inclined, and maybe this is because I'm not a, a massive Bitcoin fan like you are, but... I'd probably be like, you know what, if I, if I can't trust an exchange, try and do my own wallet and have my own key and that, that also feels too hard, so I'm just going to walk away. Now, I, I don't know whether that's necessarily the right thing to do. You would probably argue make the make the effort and work it out and all that kind of it's stuff. So, it's um, so easy, but yes, yeah. Cause, but, it, you know, I think the thing is, it's easy for you now looking back. I think if you reflect on your own journey of how the hell do I have or create or buy or, or invent a wallet or, or choose a wallet or do something and then how do I make sure I've got this and the story of the bloke who threw his computer away and lost his key and all that kind of stuff. You know, I you're guess just making, you're making like, me laugh because we all have this we all have this experience, I'm sure, mm. of Helping an elderly relative set up <laughs> an email account, right? Thank you very and, much. Thank you. And very, I know you and I have talked about this before. You go, oh my god! <laughs> just, I'll do it. I'll just, just do it. Click on it. Oh, why would I click on that? Right? No, no, no. Hit that. 
<laughs> oh my, why would I, this is insane. And it, yeah, it is, yeah, and yeah. I, I empathize, I sympathize with that view because yeah, it is yeah. unfamiliar. Yeah, and, that's, and, all, that's, and, all, that's the only point I'm making. And yeah. it's just, it's those extra yeah. couple of obstacles. As I said, like I use Coinbase, right? And just, and, and for, I, so I can use from my own experience of like, I don't know what I'm doing. It wasn't a large amount of money, so it didn't matter. But it was yeah. easy to go, you know what, I'll open an account with Coinbase, I'll buy some Bitcoin, they'll have a record of it. You know, I, I, that that's good enough for me. But I absolutely yep. get your point. Whereas if you you know you've got eighty four million dollars worth of Bitcoin, and so you know for you it makes much more sense. <laughs> only for you only to ten have... million now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it makes much more sense for you to have it on on um, you know on not on an exchange for exactly those reasons. Yeah. Um, I, I I did see a, a line that I'm sure you're going to tell me uh, anyway, which is on a tweet that I saw during the week. I hadn't seen it before, but I imagine it must be everywhere. Um, it, not it was, your keys, I think, not your coin. Uh, I think it was not your wallet, not your Bitcoin. But yes, that was kind of the yeah. that was kind it's of the, the idea. That's the meme. It's a good one. It's yeah, a good right, one. right. Yeah, all the all the memes are there for a reason. <laughs> so the lessons here are massive, and generally speaking, I think you talk about counterparties, right? Uh, I think. I understand, and look, you know, there's a lot of people who are saying, well, hang on, I thought Bitcoin was supposed to be good, and I thought I'm supposed to buy crypto, and I thought I'd use an exchange, because at least they, they could help me. I, I think it's, I don't want to use the phrase moral hazard, because it's too cute, and it's too it's too easy just to kind of do the handball moral hazard and move on as if it implies everything about the problem. But I think it's worth highlighting that the challenge for the average investor is, I get that it's difficult, as you said, Andrew, you know, we are, we are our own grandparents in this sense. Um, you know, I, I get that it's difficult. I get that it's it's challenging, but the answer isn't trust, unproven, unknown, potentially dodgy, maybe not. Potentially 100% dodgy, agree. 100% crypto agree. exchange and try and work it out. You, you, I would... I'm loath to say to people you shouldn't use an exchange at all because there may be credible ones out there and someone will say, I'll do my wallet and they'll lose their key and they'll blame us for losing their $1,000 worth of Bitcoin, right? Because they mm. lost the key or something else happened that they couldn't get back in. Um, so I don't want to say that's the only solution, but I will say just for people who are thinking about this, this is not Comsec. This is not the ASX. This is not chess. Um, when you're holding on an exchange, generally speaking, you know, you don't own the Bitcoin. You have a promise from the exchange to give you back an amount of money that's or, 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 tra- or transfer out a, a, an amount of Bitcoin or, or crypto um, based on them being able to do that when you want that to be the case. Yep, and, and they'll probably be unregulated. They'll probably yes, be they'll are. probably be offshore. Yep, they'll probably have. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is it is a promise from a, mm-hmm. a, a an entity that has very short history. Yep, uh, with very little regulation, and it's it's incredibly risky. All of, all of what you say is true, mate. So a couple of things yep. I'll, I'll, I'll say. I think I think you raise all the right points. The first one I would say is the 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 I think it was the Peter Lynch. Um, know what you own and why you own it. Now whether we're talking about crypto or shares or property or emu farms, you know what what are you what is the asset here? If you don't know what the to sort of to turn around after the fact and go oh yeah but I didn't know is 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 a massive mea culpa. You know, it's it's kind of like it's it's on you at this point. You know, if you're if you're yep. knowingly going into something that you yep. say I don't really get, why on earth are you yes, buying yes, it? Exactly. Why are you buying it? And I'm, I'm being really brutally. Yep. I'm being and a bit if harsh. And, even if Andrew says you should buy Bitcoin, I think everyone should have some Bitcoin. If oh, you God, don't, yeah. if you can't get to the point of knowing enough, having your own conviction, understanding it well enough, no yep. matter who gives whatever recommendation, if including if I recommend Woolworth shares, don't yep. do it unless you feel confident enough that you understand what, why, how, and where, and you can do it for yourself with with conviction and clarification. Uh, don't don't do it right. Yep. So yep. if you can't articulate that, a very clear, rational investment case for mm-hmm. it, you shouldn't be going anywhere near. I don't care what kind of investment it is. So there's the, there's the first point. Um, the second point is is that. 
a lot of the response here has been we need more regulation. Well, and you'll, pro- yeah, you'll probably be surprised to hear that I actually 100% agree. That I'm, yeah. I'm desperate. In fact, I think all the, the true Bitcoiners have, have been saying that for a long time. Mm. And they've been saying it because it, 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 we need to clean up the industry. And, yeah. and <laughs> I even hate using the term the industry because mm-hmm. it's sort of like there's been this really interesting thing that's been invented. And then it's like, mm-hmm. it's like <clears throat> mankind discovered gold. And then a bunch of a bunch of other <laughs> tribes have have found some yellow paint and a bunch of rocks, and everyone's coloring in their rocks yellow. Going, oh look, I, look, I've got gold two and my gold's <laughs> slightly shinier. And like, no, 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 we've got it. Uh, is, guys. That, is that called lithium? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, no, but you know what I mean. It's I sort do, of I like do. so. So we desperately, and the regulators have been asleep at yeah. the wheel here. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 the reason, and the way I would would distinguish it is that mm. you've got anything basically what these these exchanges are basically mm. what 99.999% of these cryptos are, are just mm. software companies. And, and they're unregulated software companies yep. with the capacity to control and change these, these digital tokens. This is what FTT did. It, it just it could click its fingers. So make FTT things. was the coin that FTX so, sorry, created, yes. right? Yep. Just, just, just for listeners who don't know <clears throat> that so much. Out of thin air. Yep. With full control over yep. what they did. Now, this is this is why it's so important to keep coming back and stressing this point. You can't do that mm-hmm. with Bitcoin. That's 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 the deal with it. There is no counterparty. No mm-hmm. one controls it. It is limited, uh, and that will always be the case for a whole bunch of reasons we won't have time to get into. <laughs> but if you and oh, I God, create man, create Motley Fool Money podcast coin and yes. we pre-mine it and we own most of it and we can change the code at any point, it just it's just it, all it is is. Um, well, well, frankly, it's 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 absolutely valueless, and there's no utility on that uh, uh, whatsoever. Yes. And so, so I, I can't stress that enough. It, it, <laughs> the, the thing that bangs my bang my head against is this conflation between the two. It is entirely yeah. different. Um, so, yes, really, really strong yes. regulation yes. is is absolutely absolutely needed. And I just say on your other point, there is just like. Um, in terms of taking things off exchange, I, I won't go. I won't walk people through it now. But I will say, at a high level, you 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 can you can actually just flip a coin two hundred and fifty six times if you want. Um, you can yeah. create your own private key that way. But if if you want to be a little bit more um, uh, user friendly, jump onto Amazon, buy a cold card, buy a Ledger wallet. It'll arrive in the mail. It's got some setup instructions. It'll give you an address. Log on to your Coinbase account. Transfer it. Boom. You own it. You own it, and and not only do you own it, no one can take that away from you ever. It is one hundred percent thing. Like even knowing that, like can I can I trust that? Even the thing I buy on Amazon, an Amazon shareholder for the record, not that in this case, can I trust that I could use that card and technology? Yeah, it's an attack how, how do, vector. Yeah. How do you know? But how do you know who who, who is trying to scam you if there is no? You know, if you get an email from CBA, you say, well, hang on, is it really from CBA? I'll call CBA and check. In this case, you say, I'll go online and I'll buy a thing that lets me have my own Bitcoin wallet, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's someone else scamming me or something else. I mean, that's that's why the, the idea of an exchange in a perfect world is so, you know, it's why I buy my shares on Comsec and have it settled mm. through chess. I can mm. walk over to your place and say, hey, tell you what, can you give me the share certificate for Woolies, 100 Woolies mm. shares? I'll give you some money. Yep. And then I hope that when I go to sell those Woolies shares, someone else says, actually, that's fake, Scott. You, Andrew yep. sold you a you know, dud Woolies certificate. Yep. I, I avoid that by, by using these exchanges, which are, at least in the share market world, Excellent. you know, credible and legible and, and, and trackable and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's, Excellent that's point. the point of exchanges, right? Yep. Excellent point. So there's always a trade with shares or anything. There's, there's always a trade off between convenience and security. Yeah. And so it depends yeah. how far, if you want to go right down the rabbit hole here, 
you can actually just order the parts <laughs> or, actually, or just use pen and paper mm, mm. or you can run your own node and you can do all of these kinds of things which actually makes you 100% bulletproof because mm, the whole way mm. that the thing is designed is that, you know you you, you can you don't have to trust that, that we talk about memes uh, one is not your keys not your coins the other meme in the space in bitcoin is don't trust verify and you can right. you can do it 100% yourself in a way that the fact that you're interacting with the protocol guarantees cryptographically mathematically right. that, that you own it so there's no there's never a question if i transfer you uh, yeah. that that you've got it right like it's it's kind yeah, of yeah. the point it's a bearer instrument kind of thing yeah but you're right how, if how i you, want if if yeah. i want to tr- if i want to use a ledger just yeah. to pick on them for a bit or a cold card or some of these branded things it is a yeah. possible tack vector if this was a nefarious organization they could build a backdoor into that right which yeah. would then extract yeah. yeah absolutely they could so it's so it's a question of at one end you've got i'm trusting ftx Mm-hmm. And then I'm trusting um, a uh, maybe a, a, a more credible onshore custodian, okay. and then I'm trusting a hardware wallet provider, mm-hmm. and then I'm trusting myself. And there's 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 a there's a spectrum that you can go along here. So that what I'm advocating for is something that's not look. If you want to go down the rabbit hole, run your own node, and mm-hmm. you know you're you're, you're fine. Buy mm-hmm. a Raspberry Pi, which is one of these really basic computers, and you you will be your own self sovereign individual. And it's right, it's right, pretty right. it's pretty cool actually. I'm, I'm uh, I'm going down that path, but okay. um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty. It's, it's just, it just, just, for, just for the computer science part of it, it's just really nerdy yeah. and cool. Um, but, but, but it's, it's baby steps, right? So you're, yeah, you're, yeah. At the, you're, you're at the other end of that spectrum, yeah. and and it's a good part because you've got some Bitcoin. Well done. Well, actually, you don't. You've got, a, you've got an IOU. <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. Not my, yeah. not my wallet. Not my coin. It's, it's not really my not. It's coin. really not yours. But, but correct, I would correct. just say, I would say step. The steps that I'm taking is steps in the right direction, and yep. go as far along that as you want. But it, but as much as is, is it is unfamiliar and confusing as it was mm-hmm. to Granddad when you set up his Hotmail account back in <laughs> yeah, the day, right, right. you know now it's just like it's yeah. the easiest thing in the world, and everyone just takes it for granted. And it's just not a thing yep. anymore. Yeah, uh, it, it'll it'll yeah, be the same. Point. It'll be the same good with point. this. Mate, let's let's move off this because we will. We still have a good Bitcoin episode up, up upcoming. Uh, that my thoughts as to what we might do on it change every single day because there's so much going on in the, in the crypto yeah. space. But we will we will get there. We will find a way to have this conversation. I'm going to finish just with a note. I, got, I literally, as we're talking about this, I got an email from a mate who I won't name because it's not his, uh, not my place. But I haven't asked him if I can share this, but I'm going to and apologize later. <laughs> he says, "Quote: Just reading about FTX today, and of course, what they did was wrong." But what are people thinking watching an advertisement starring Larry David air during the Super Bowl for FTX and thinking it's a good reason to invest? The adage of a fool and his money rings true here. <laughs> End quote. I think that's pretty much summed it up, hasn't it? Matt Damon. Um, Matt Damon. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, America reference. Tom Brady. He, Tom yeah, Brady right. had a whole bunch of money in this. It's just uh, this, this is part of the fraud, which was so yeah. Yeah. well prosecuted. If you know, to, don't uh, take uh, advice from celebrities for the love of God. People. Exactly. Like seriously. They raised billions don't. of dollars don't. of real dollars and, and yeah. they, they gave it to a bunch of celebrities and they yep. played Super Bowl ads yep. and it was kind of, you know, it, 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 was, it was madness. Well, look, yep. we look back today, today, even before FTX, we were talking not long ago about the insanity of buying monkey pictures online for yep. millions of dollars, right? Yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah, it, yeah. it was crazy. Like, it was obviously stupid. And now it's starting to dawn on a whole bunch of people in a very painful way. In a very, it's a teachable <laughs> yeah. moment. It's a, yes, it's it a lesson. But, yes, but just how crazy this all this kind of stuff is. Yeah. And yep. uh, no, beautifully said. It's 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 a good. I, I say it as someone who owns a reasonable amount of Bitcoin. It's it's a good mm-hmm. thing. It's a yep. good thing. 
Uh, we'll talk more about Bitcoin. Mate, let's, <laughs> moving from one form of gambling to another, um, you, you and I were chatting about, about well, our listeners won't be surprised to know we were talking about house prices before we started recording. And I'm not going to bore you, nor is Andrew. Andrew, you're not going to bore people <laughs> with, with, our, with our property conversation. But, 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 I was mentioning just in passing that uh, there was a time when I was a kid, because I'm very old and I see you, where uh, you, could, you could win lotto and you would have untold, unimaginable wealth that you couldn't spend. Winning a million dollars on Lotto was this most amazing imaginary thing and being a millionaire was a whole other thing. You couldn't even buy the average Sydney house with a Lotto win these days, which if that's not the world's most stupid statement to have to make, I don't know what is. So that's, that's, that's a different conversation. But, I, but what I wanted to just mention, and only I'm passing just as a short thing, is if you reckon, <laughs> I, I've, you know, the more, I spend, the more time I spend investing, the more, as our listeners know, the more important behavioral psychology is. I think once you get past the basic building blocks of the maths of investing, I'm pretty sure 95% of what, everything else that matters is just behavioral psychology. And the the whole idea of Lotto, well, you know what I love? So A, uh, you, you've called Lotto before. I'm pretty sure on the podcast. I think you call it the stupid tax, don't you? <laughs> it's a tax on hope is the nicer yes. way of saying yeah. it. Yeah. Because, you know, you buy a lot of ticket around again. I buy a lot of ticket around again. We're not going to win. Like it literally is just, we might as well take our money outside and light it on fire. Um, but we do it every now and again, right? So, so that's that's the stupidity of lotto in I'll, general. I'll, I'll, very quickly, I'll put my hand up. I buy one every week. There you go. There you go. And I'll, ex- I will, I'll, I'll expand on that in a moment. Yeah. All right. I will add to that only to say that, um, so, so that's, already, that's already stupid, right? Like you and I are stupid for doing that. It just makes no sense. Oh, yeah. But 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 let's let's actually turbocharge the stupid, right? Let, let's 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 do stupid to the, to the power of stupid, because what I love about Lotto, and I've again done exactly the same thing. So again, I'm, I'm pointing my fingers at myself, not at anybody else. But if you listener feel like you're in the same boat, feel free. Uh, what I love is when the jackpot goes up to ten or fifty or hundred million dollars. People go, oh, now I'll buy a ticket. And I just love the fact that the odds actually don't change, right? So the chance of you winning Lotto if there's a ten, uh, $1 million jackpot or a $10 million or $160 million jackpot are literally exactly the same. The chance of getting the right number of balls is it six, six and a Powerball, I think is the Powerball one. Is it six and a Powerball or five and a Powerball? I can't remember. Whatever it is. Uh, mm, I, I clearly don't know. I'm not sure. Um, I, just, I, just choose a, I just pick an auto pick. I've never actually used my own numbers. Um, so, you know, the, 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 the follow of that is just, is just dumb, right? So it's just mm. really, really stupid. And yet... They reckon when you had the $160 million Powerball, half of Australian adults bought a ticket because, you know what, winning a million dollars, nah, don't want to. Winning $160 million, yes, I really want to, and I will go and spend tens or hundreds of dollars buying tickets for a thing I have no more chance of winning than if it was only a million dollars. And that, dear listener, is why behavioral psychology is the almost only thing that matters once you get past the basic maths of investing because human... Frailty. Let me let me say frailty. Let me be kind. Human frailty uh, is just one of those things. We can't escape it. We like we are victims of our biology. We can constrain it. We can try and control it. We can guide it. We can do other things. Pre-commitment is a great way to, to, to overcome some of this stuff. I just and again, like it's not particularly relevant to investing today. The lotto draw was a couple of weeks ago, whatever it was. I just I just it just always strikes me as fascinating the fact that you know the, the behavior of people. If that doesn't show you exactly <laughs> what's going on, I think about these are the people, by the way, who are buying and selling shares when you're looking at the share market. When you're saying, what did the share market do today? You are you are asking people who went and spent hundreds of dollars buying lotto tickets that they never got a chance to win at a $160 million jackpot. Uh, that's, that's, that should be uh, what's in your mind every time you say, what did the market do today? You should be saying, what do those people who buy lotto tickets think today? And that's probably the best answer. 
It's it's crazy, isn't it? I looked it up. Um, the odds of winning Powerball is one in one hundred and thirty-four point four million. <laughs> and by the uh, way, you don't get a, you don't get a ticket for a dollar. So even if even if that was the case, the, the price you're paying for the ticket means that you have to win even more than that in absolute dollars. If you put a dollar down, you got one chance one hundred thirty-four million dollars of winning one hundred thirty-four million dollars. Yeah, that's not the odds that are being made available to you. No, it's, it's so it's so it's crazy. So so why do I do why do I buy a ticket every well. Partly it's because I've got shares in a company called Jumbo Interactive, uh, which which runs these kinds of things. So I kind of win either way <laughs> because I'm helping a company. I, I own some Jumbo shares too. <laughs> yeah, just just full disclosure. Um, they, uh, but they, it, it, you'd know this as a shareholder. They, when they report to shareholders, a big part of their how they have performed over a given half will depend on how many big jackpots <laughs> they've had. Exactly. Because exactly. when they have a big jackpot. Yep. Ticket sales go through the roof. If, if every mm-hmm. week the Powerball was $5 million, <laughs> it, it would be very steady. But, but yes, no one yes. buys it. No one, and then you start seeing it on, on, on uh, bus shelters, et cetera, et cetera. And you go, wow, $130 million, I'm buying a ticket. And it, just go, and the, and the, the, it is phenomenal. It is phenomenal for these, for these guys. Uh, it doesn't make any difference um, in terms of your odds, as you rightly say, but it makes a hell of a lot of difference to, to, to ticket sales. So they... If you've ever asked yourself, and, and you may have noticed this, if anyone who, who plays uh, gambles, let's call the spade a spade, regularly on these things, is that they've actually tweaked some of these things to make them harder to win. And the reason is, is because then you get bigger jackpots. And when you get bigger jackpots, you get more people playing. So it's, there's, 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 there is always a pretty sound reason for, for these kinds of things. In terms of why am I happy to let, because I buy the absolute minimum, I think it's like 270 a week. My rationale, as you know me, Scott, my favorite word is asymmetry. And I figure is if I, if I, when, when I never win, let's, let's, let's be clear, because it's never <laughs> uh, on my yeah, deathbed, yeah. I'm never, the, like all of all my regrets in life, yeah, and I'm, yeah. I've got more than a few. It's not going to be, <laughs> oh man, my life would have been so much better if I'd had that extra $2.70 a week. Yeah. But I feel yeah. as though I've got like that toe in the water that just, you know, <laughs> someone wins every week. And so I think yeah, if you're, yeah. if you're the kind of person putting 50 bucks or 100 bucks every week, it's just like, you really need to look in the mirror. But if, yeah. if it's just, you know, it's it's one of those kinds of things. That's that's how I rationalize it to myself. <laughs> I, I I saw something once and I love it. It's like your chances of winning lotto are statistically almost identical whether or not you buy a ticket. <laughs> Which I love. Yeah, 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 it, yeah. it rounds to that many zeros. Like literally, if I don't buy a ticket or I do buy a ticket, my chances of winning lotto are almost exactly the same. <laughs> It's <laughs> such a nice line. It's brilliant. I wish I knew who to credit for that one, but it's just—it's just great. It's one of those just stuck in my head forever. Um, I, I like that very much. Yeah, look, you know, as I said, it's—it's just—it's just. Uh, it's just I, I, and I agree with you, mate. Like I said, I, I play Lotto too because hope springs eternal, and I think, okay, well, if I spend that much money, I, I think I'll, I'll buy like a whatever the auto pick kind of standard one is twenty bucks something on a, on a big Lotto day just for the hell of it. Um, but again, it's like it's stupid. Like it makes no. I, I said I'm pointing my fingers at myself. I'm the same person as everyone else who does that. Oh, wouldn't it be great to win 160 million dollars? What would I do if? And it just it's just it's just dumb. And that's why they sell a lot of tickets. And you know, that's why it's a, it is a stupid tax. And you know, all those things about human frailty are probably best explained through the lens of gambling. I have to say, um, it's a very 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 unlikely thing. If you have some fun with it, knock yourself out. If two dollars seventy, as you say, a week, it lets you have a few dreams. And you know, it's 
I, 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 I'm actually, I hate the, I hate the sports gambling ads. I really hate the sports gambling ads. I would ban them tomorrow. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter if you want to disagree with that, because I will happily have that conversation. But uh, I would happily ban that stuff. I just think uh, advertising sports gambling with kids and you know, getting more people playing pokies, I think is is just an ugly, ugly thing to do. But I don't actually mind the the the, the actual practice itself. Two dollars seventy on a, on a thing, or fifty bucks on the roulette wheel or blackjack at the, at the casino. It's it, if it's if it's genuinely leisure, like I'm going to watch a movie and I'll spend twenty dollars on a ticket, and eighty five dollars on some popcorn, um, and spend two hours doing it. Or if I go and put fifty dollars on the on you know on the blackjack table at the casino, or God forbid, even fifty bucks for a poker machine with some mates. In and of itself, if it's leisure, then I don't have an issue with doing it. I think. The problem with these things is they are super insidious and they get into people's heads and that becomes a problem. I'm sure there are people who spend thousands and thousands of dollars on on, uh, on Lotto 2 and they probably shouldn't. So, um, you know, I, I'm not I'm not an absolute prude on this stuff. I think the gambling, the advertising is, is too much, but um, yeah, just, just a bit of fun. But again, just, it, my, my biggest point was it's a reminder of the folly of all of this sort of stuff. Um, and just remember that's, you know, we, we are all us. Uh, we are all... Uh, evolutionarily damaged beings uh we've evolved beautifully to do a whole lot of stuff but none of that is investing or playing a lot of so just just keep that in mind as well yeah yeah the, the, the thinking thinking probabilistically is a superpower mm. i think yes. you know when you yes. when you look at the the greats uh of investing yep. you know, all the usual names that you know uh, i don't i want to in case anyone's playing a drinking game i'm not going to mention <laughs> uncle uncle w um uh <laughs> Mate, but, if I play drinking games to this podcast, they've got bigger issues than gambling. Just quietly, that's true. That is true. <laughs> that is true. But 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 that that's that's exactly how they think, and and yeah. it, they they will make uh, a series of bad investments, and it's just water yes. off a duck's back because yeah, it's right. not yeah. like I think normally the normal human response is like, oh, this thing is rigged. It's all mm-hmm. it's all you know what a waste yeah. of time. Yeah. But it's it's that it's that the the best analogy I've ever come up with is is saying. You know, let's say that we're playing a game of dice and if I roll a one, two, three, four or five, I win. If you roll a six, you win. Yep. Let's pay and we'll bet a dollar every time. Yeah. Yeah. Now, let's say that we, for some bizarre reason, or not bizarre, it's just entirely within the yes. world of yes. we live in, we roll six sixes yes. in a row. Yes. Now, my experience has been I've, I've lost 100% of the time. Now, mm-hmm. and, and, my, and my instinct is stop playing because I'm just losing every time here. But a probabilistically minded person will go, no, nah, I will play as long as you yeah, let me. That's right. And this is the game that casinos play. This yeah, is the yeah. game that the poker machine manufacturers play. They don't, they honestly don't, it's not rigged in the sense that they know what's mm. going to spin up every time. They don't know when you, that roulette wheel, uh, that ball rolls around, they have no idea where it's going to land. But yeah. they know with absolute mathematical certainty that they play that enough times yeah. that, that they will win. And that is why if you speak to any yeah. pit boss, at, at the casino, the, mm-hmm. the mantra is keep them playing. Yes. Because yes. some people just, yep. again, probabilistically, you, you will have a hot yeah, hand. Right. You, will, exactly, you, yeah. you will just, you will, yep. you will have periods where you just, yep. you're on a hot streak. Yep. And, and, and they're happy for that. Give him, give him or her more free drinks mm-hmm. and keep them playing because, yep. because as sure as night follows day, you know, Longer they play. The, yep. the, the odds are going to work out in our favor. And, yep. and that, that, that's, that is always the, the, the thing to mind. And I think this is, it, it is, it is, People will more ease. It's hard to grasp, but people will more easily grasp it when we're talking about roulette wheels and dice and coins, because that's a very closed system. When you start talking about shares, well, we actually don't know what the odds are, mm. um, and 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 that is much fuzzier. And even even when we're looking at what success or might or might not look like, we can define that over various time frames. Are you are you wrong if if uh, mm. 
if, if, if your investment went down the day after you bought it? I mean, you mentioned Amazon at the start when we were talking about Bitcoin. You, mm -hmm. th there was that wonderful Barron's article called Amazon.bomb. That's right. I don't know if I mentioned this last week. 1999, yep. 1999, Amazon.bomb. Jeff yeah. Bezos has got nothing special here and this <laughs> thing's going to zero. The shares were at $3 at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, you, you, you probably think you know where I'm going with this story, which is, i.e., you know, even after this massive drawdown mm. we've seen in tech stocks, that the that, that shares are $90 something today. Mm. An insane mm. return. What you might not know is that between uh, two years after that article was written, Amazon shares were trading at 30 cents. There you go. So were you wrong to buy at three dollars? Well, yeah, history would yeah. say no. You were yeah. very, very right. Mm -hmm. Did you look really dumb <laughs> for a yeah, long period of time? Right. Where you yeah. lost ninety percent of your money? So and the probabilistic, yep. the prob yep. the probabilistic nature of these things is much more difficult to to come to terms with. Mm -hmm. And I think this is where a lot of the value investors really had, you know, had to really um, come to terms with their religion for a while there mm -hmm. because. They missed out on so right. much of the wonderful gains that we had prior to this year mm -hmm. because everything just looks stupidly expensive. And here right. are these people that follow this process in broad terms of buying a good company at a sensible price and, and being considerate of what you paid. It just meant that they missed out on everything. Mm -hmm. and, and, um, and it would suggest, particularly if you had been relatively new to that game, that this is a flawed system and that value investing no longer applies. Well, we now know it absolutely does apply. And sooner, you know, people had a hot hand by buying anything with a bit of momentum on it. But the odds sort of came back. And, and, and I guess my point is here is that if you've got a rational, objective, historically validated approach to investing, mm. even if you're going, even if you're having a shocking couple of years, uh, you, the smart thing is just to keep employing it. Now, if, if, mm. if the process is fundamentally flawed, that's a different story. Um, but that's that's just what makes this game so so insanely difficult is that you can do the right thing and be punished and you can do yes. the wrong thing and be rewarded yes. uh, at least at least over the short in, to medium and, term. and in individual stocks as well yep. yep yep and and you know you you know it very well because I know I knew it well when I was at the fall as well mm -hmm. we, each month here's a new recommendation and people love to pile on you because one of them didn't go so well it's like well you know guys it's going to happen it's not that it might happen or be prepared for it to happen if you know every now and again it, it's, it's like Four times out of ten, right? It's a number that we often quote. It's, it's, it's guaranteed yep. to happen, yep. and and that often um, to the people who haven't thought too deeply about it, see it as proof of this being a, a flawed um, area to mm. put your money. Whereas, mm. just I'm going on here, but the probabilistic mindset is one that will say no. Um, I don't care. As long as I can win 51% of the time, I should be doing this. And I think we could probably argue if you were doing it sensibly, the odds are much better than 51%. Yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, I think that's that's exactly the story is just being able to to suppress that. Mate, um, let's let's move on quickly to a topic that we've talked about before, but I, I wanted to come back to it, not because, speaking of being right for the right reasons or right for the wrong reasons, I don't think either of us a year ago predicted where rates would be in the middle of November 2022. Mm. I certainly didn't. I had, I will say I tweeted in October or November about the growing inflation in the US and said, I wonder if we're seeing our future. Um, unfortunately, I was right, uh, but I, I didn't I didn't say we definitely were. There was not, wasn't a prediction. It was just a, a concern or a worry. Um, but here we are, and, and rates are up a lot. I just wanted to, I wanted to, I think, reflect on some questions we had, mostly on the mailbag, uh, over the past couple of years. Well, maybe actually forever since we started the podcast, actually. But... Um, that idea of people who were spending, um, sorry, we're, we're looking to borrow to invest. 
because rates were so low and because the returns were high and because the gap was seemingly money for Jan. And we said at the time, we've said since, just be careful. Doesn't mean it's a bad idea, doesn't mean you can't do it, just be careful. Uh, over the last year, the all odds is down, I think about 10% from memory. I can pull it up, but we don't do that much research on this program, as our listeners know. Um, at the same time, I, I, so the reason I wanted to bring this up is I, I noticed I'm a ComSec customer, as, as uh, listeners know, as well as some other brokerages. Um, and on uh, 10th of November, I saw on the ComSec homepage, when you log in, there's announcements at the top. And it had change to the interest rate for ComSec margin loans was the heading. Now, whenever they say change, they mean increase. Because if they're going down, they'd tell you they're going down because uh, they'd want us to know about it. So change to the rate for composite margins. I had a look at this sheet, mate. I got to say, I did almost fall off my chair. Uh, the variable rate paid in arrears for Comsec margin loans right now is eight and a quarter percent. Now, it's always going to be more than the home loan rate because it's in theory a less stable, less secure investment, all that kind of stuff, blah, blah, blah. It's always been more than that. The five-year fixed rate, if you want to lock it in now, is 8.74%. And I just wanted to make the point. Not, again, it's not a victory lap, but I I'm not, I'm not, don't have any of our listeners who ask the question because it's a very, very reasonable question to ask. I would say, hopefully, what you and I bring to the table is 20-plus years of experience investing and being through markets and seeing what can go on. I didn't predict it would be 8.25%, the marginal loan rate with Comsec, by this time in 2022. Um, but... If you, a year ago, took out a margin loan at probably three or four percentage points less, not only has the market fallen during that time, now you got some back with dividends, so it's not entirely negative, but not only has it fallen that time, but the rate's gone up. So if you borrowed at five, I don't know what the number was, 12 months ago, you're now paying eight and a quarter. You've lost money in terms of your investments, probably, if you bought the index, maybe you bought some stocks that went up, good luck to you if you did. Um, but the rate you're paying now is not that far away from the average annual ex- return you should expect from shares, including capital gains, which you're going to have to pay tax on. And yes, it's a tax deduction for the margin loan. Uh, but I just just want to raise that. I, I guess I just, it's always easy in the moment. You know, we talk about evolution and, and recency bias, right? Rates are so low. How can they, po- people bought houses on the same basis. Rates are so low. How can they possibly go up? Surely they won't go up that far. Uh, I'll make some money on the market. If markets are up by this much average, uh, you know, I'm obviously miles ahead. How good is this as a deal? And I just want to, I just want to highlight. It could have gone the other way. We could be at 1.5 percent official cash rate today. Maybe asset prices up 25 percent, and we look like idiots 12 months later. But our point wasn't to make predictions. It was to highlight the potential risks and concerns and, and reasons why you might consider not doing something like this. By the way, rates probably haven't finished going up, either, so um, you know that number probably goes up over time. So like, I just want, I just want to share that. I think it's. When we make our, we're, we are the boring people in the room. When other people are doing the FOMO stuff, you and I and, and some others are saying, hey, just remember, you know, like the, the slave that walks behind the, the, the conquering Roman general and whispers, remember you are mortal. We're the people who are saying, okay, sure, but just remember. Or don't get carried away because things can change. Or, you know, and that, 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 that's really boring. No one wants that person at the party, you know. Look, I bought one new Ferrari. Yeah, I bought one new Ferrari. We're like, that's a lot of money, dude. You sure you want to spend that much? Like, shut up. Just let me enjoy my Ferrari, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we are the wet blanket. And, and, and hopefully, by the way, massive long-term balls, massive long-term optimists. But, you know, we want to try and call out the emperor's got no clothes stuff. And margin lending was never obviously that. Uh, but and even if you're doing it on the on a home equity loan, you're paying five and a half, probably soon enough six percent. Um, it doesn't leave a lot of margin between the average return and and the amount you're paying. Yep, yep. It's the old uh, 
you know, get ready to get, fill your glass up for those playing the game at home. But um, it's the, the Warren uh, Buffett. <laughs> there we uh, go. Was was asked? I forget who it was, but you know, why mm-hmm. do you you've got this ridiculous record? It might have been Charlie Munger who said it. Actually, is like you know, no one copies you. Why is that? And, and Charlie <laughs> yeah. said, "Yeah, because no one wants to get rich slow." <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. No one wants to get rich slow, yep. and. Yep. I don't either. I want to. I want to do it fast. Of course, mm-hmm. I do. Everyone does. It's just, it's just you know, the only way to do that is to be incredibly lucky, really, or or to to commit fraud and do do what what Sam Bankman Fried did at FTX. So you know, short, you know, relying on luck is probably not a great strategy. Fraud is probably something you'd like to avoid. Um, so you know, if there was if there was a, a prudent, sensible, low risk way to do it quick, I think we that we you know we we'd be called the Get Rich Quick podcast. But <laughs> we we don't know how to do that. It's not possible. So yeah, just take your time. You mentioned uh, Aesop's Fable. Is that how you pronounce it? Aesop. Aesop yep. Yep. Aesop's yep, yep. Fable. Uh, Hair and the tortoise. You know yes. that old that old chestnut. Your, your six year old <laughs> will get it. <laughs> it's, it's thousands of years old, right? There's there's a reason yeah. why those fables are real. It's it, yeah. Self delusion is such a powerful force, mate, isn't it? Like it really, yeah. really. If you think about what you have to do, no one like it, everyone in hindsight looks at FTX and goes, yeah, okay, I probably should know. Mm. And it's just like at, that, at the time, it is so is so so tempting. This time it's different. I'll be okay. It, this mm. time, you know, are uh, you old? You old so and so's. You know, yeah. You just you just want to take it easy. It's alright for you guys. I think I'll borrow this money because hey, you do, how can it possibly go wrong? Or I'll be okay. The market wouldn't drop. Rates won't go up that fast. So it's like, oh dear, you know. Yeah. It just anyway. Just be careful. I mean, look again. We're not. You're all adults. and We can't give you personal advice. Correct. But, you correct. know, if you, there, there is there is there is always a trade off, and any anything that that has the potential to accelerate things for you has a downside. Yes. And so you do you. That's what's called um, leverage. <laughs> you know, but, but yep. just, just be, a, it's, it's very easy to fixate on the positive and to, yes. to yes. downplay yes. The, yes. the negative. Yeah. And it, yeah, not to be that wet bucket, but you know, just, mm-hmm. just bear that in mind. And, yep. uh, you know, <laughs> oh no, I'm happy. I'm happy with the wet blanket, dude. I, like, I, I think that's, I, I, I'm, I'm the resident curmudgeon, and I'm completely okay with that because, as you said, it's the get rich slow thing. Yeah, it is literally the get rich slow thing. You know, yeah. it's the what's wrong, Warren in 2000. Speaking of Warren Buffett, let's mention him again. Another drink. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, 1999. The, you know, the article, the Amazon dot bomb article, was preceded or, or succeeded in a very short space of time with what's wrong, Warren. When yeah. Buffett was missing out in the tech boom, yeah. and everyone was scudding ahead, the Buffett, actually, Berkshire Hathaway share price fell. Well, the others are others are rising, and people are like, "What's wrong, Warren? What, what, what? Why the hell haven't you caught up yet? What, like, yeah. what are you doing?" And I was like, "Well, no, it's just no. I'm not doing that." You know, isn't that, oh, isn't that funny? <sighs> except, except that we did it during the GFC. We did it again now with these, you know, altcoins and crypto exchanges. It's the most yeah. frustrating thing is, you know, what it's, it's human evolution. The problem with human evolution is we don't evolve as a society, right? The the evolution's got to be on the inside. Every the, I reckon I reckon the average economic memory is about five years. Mm. maybe seven if you really really push it our ability yeah. to repeat the same mistakes over and over and over again is it's madness you wonder how we ever climbed to the top of the evolutionary bloody food chain well you know it's just it's just we're just not that good at learning those lessons can i tell you what well, i was thinking about this the other day what was mm. fascinating about the the dot-com boom and subsequent bust and berkshire mm. was they looked dumb for a while then yes. they looked incredibly smart Buffett made lots. Of, you'll find it all over the internet. All these quotes. So we don't do that it's outside of our circle yeah. of content. We don't. We don't get tech. Rah rah mm-hmm, rah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yet today, their mm. biggest holding by a country mile is Apple, the yep. biggest technology company on the planet. Yeah. 
and and what that says to me is and this is another great skill of the of uh, Charlie and Warren is that their ability despite their their senior age to <laughs> to to adapt and learn and grow and and I I just find it so amazing that okay they they were more than happy to let the party rage on around them when it was all hype and there was remember back then there was these these was all about the metric that was used was was site visits eyeballs you know it wasn't revenue well we talk about how crazy the recent tech sort of bubble was you know with because i was only on revenue and no one cares about cash flow mm-hmm. it wasn't even about mm-hmm. revenue back in 1999 yeah, you know yeah. it, was, it was insane eyeballs it, it was eyeballs you didn't have to have any money as long as lots of people used your site you're worth a squillion dollars and so, so the visionaries, yeah, I know it's going to be great. It's going to be the next best thing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then Warren and Charlie just, just didn't want to participate. But then once it started to be proven, mm. they changed, they, they adapted. That doesn't mm. mean that they just pl- plowed into everything tech and just bought yes, the NASDAQ. Yes. No, yes. they said, well, actually, Charlie <laughs> tells the story of he's on, on holidays and his niece or his granddaughter or one of those, you know, was using, mm-hmm. uh, asking for an iPad for a birthday and just mm-hmm. understanding the, the, the power of that brand and, the, and then looking obviously at the financials and the margins and the, the, the retention mm-hmm. and all of the things that, whatever, they, they could be selling horseshoes or they could be selling high-tech high, um, gizmos. But, but, but just that transition and I think I still hear every now and again someone say, "Oh, you know, Berkshire doesn't invest in tech." It's like, yes, they do. They absolutely do. And I think I think that's a good lesson for all of us as investors is to, to your initial point, I'll repeat it: don't don't invest on FOMO. But but when when the numbers make sense, when when the rationale is there, that's a different story. So it's never say never. Just 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 never do it when when there's no good reason to do it. Absolutely do it when there's a very very good reason to do it. And that's that's what Charlie did and Warren did, and that's why they've got a bucket load of Apple shares and they've done incredibly well. Nicely put, mate. Um, Deliveroo, uh, yeah. the the food delivery company. Mm. Uh, I, I'm going to say really unexpectedly. I had no inkling. I don't think anyone did. Have any inkling that they've closed operations in Australia and pulled out? I didn't. We also didn't know they were UK based. You should have known like Deliveroo. It was like Kangaroo. Okay, it's an Australian food delivery company. So I actually, I guess I don't spend a lot of time looking at non-public companies. There's, just, there's not a lot of value in it for me professionally, and so uh, I just have limited amount of time, and I don't spend a lot of time looking into it. But I honestly thought it was an Australian company, um, UK based business. Closed the door. Said, look, we we are, and this is fascinating, mate, because when you think about business models, and you think about, by the way, this is also part of the FOMO thing. They basically said, we don't see getting to a position of market leadership that would give us sufficient scale to make investing more money worthwhile. Mm. And it's probably the smartest thing we've seen in the gig economy for a very long time was finally, and by the way, this has been very much the story of 2022 across technology. And I imagine they probably, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't want to slander anybody or, or maybe misrepresent anything, but my guess is if they're still looking for more venture capital being thrown at them, someone who they're looking for funding from has said, I'm not going to give you more capital so you can go and throw it at loss-making stuff in Australia. Mm. So they've they've had to or chosen to. They might have chosen to. I don't. Wanna, I don't wanna, again. Don't want to, you know, um, besmirch their good name. They may have very well just said, "Look, actually, we tried and it wouldn't work, so now we're stopping." Which is exactly what they should be doing. Whether they're incentivized by external parties or not is a different question. But yeah. um, you know, when you when you the first thing about you know when you're in a hole, stop digging, mm. is is pretty much the story here. They they had a strategy which was if we can get to scale, we can make this pay. Mm. They couldn't get there, and so they're taking their bat and ball and going home. Yeah. Um, uh, I, yeah, we saw a couple of those one-hour grocery delivery companies fold in April, and we talked mm-hmm. about it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the new economy business models aren't bad because businesses don't make it work, but it is a reminder that even with this network effect businesses, when you've got a big, big market, but it's a really competitive market and scale matters, if you can't get there, the whole thing falls over. You know, these, there is no, <laughs> you know, th- th- there's probably no second or third place. If there's a second place, there's probably almost certainly no third place mm-hmm. when it comes to food delivery because the scale required, the, the, the marginal reality of delivering food is just, the, the profits aren't there unless you're really, 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 really big. Yep. I, I think it's actually, this is an inevitable, co- we're going to see a lot of this, I think. It's an yeah. inevitable consequence of various roosters coming chickens coming home to roost Mm -hmm. where for the longest time we just had mountains of cheap easy money and you you could you could say hey we're going to disrupt this and you could raise billions and you could borrow billions and it was virtually free and so you could run at a loss for ages now i'm I'm sure everyone listening has has been a beneficiary of this um and the best example certainly of deliveroo and others we just you know you tap something into your smartphone, half an hour later, some hot food delivered at your door. It's like, oh man, it didn't cost anything or virtually nothing, right? It's like, how does that work? I don't care. I just got, I just got something really, <laughs> I just had a really great experience. Do you remember when Uber first came and uh, you get into a car and the driver would offer you a fresh bottle of water, That's right. some Mentos, yes. do you remember? Yes, and it I was, do, I hadn't it, thought of that for ages. It, it, the car was spotless. <laughs> it was such a, it was like, why am I ever catching a taxi again? Not only that, <laughs> but the, it was like half the price of a taxi. It was faster, better, cheap. Everything was better. Now, they've, they've basically destroyed taxis. They sort of cling on. Um, but what's happened to the price? Price has gone up. They basically just become that. It's the same with Airbnb, right? And the airlines like, this is brilliant. You know, it's like now it's like twice the cost of a hotel room. And it's not, it, it, you kind of have to make that pivot because the unit economics just don't stack up. Exactly. There's, there's a scale story that's there, yes. but at, at the unit basis, it's yes. still got to make sense. And these companies, the business model was we will give, we will make a loss on every delivery because what we're trying to do is is get enough people to use our brand that when, when they want a delivery, that restaurants are signing up to it, that consumers are signing up to it, will outlast everyone else. And we're able to do it because we've got this, this absolute mountain of free, cheap money. And then when that happens, we'll lift our prices. Um, uh, they have to because <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Put yourself on the other side of that transaction. You get on your bike and you ride down to the local Thai shop, pick up some noodles and then, you know, ride through the, the freezing cold winter night or the, the boiling hot midday sun to deliver someone some noodles and get paid $2. Would you do it? No. I mean, it's it sort of, and, that, and that's why it was so exploitative too on, on some of the, the um, conditions that, that these riders were sort of forced to work under. And it was just, it was all this big gamble that eventually it will make sense. And I, I just think a lot of these disruptive companies are going to find that that business, that business strategy is a risky one. And yes, it can work, but more often than not, it's it, you just you just want to be sure that you've got very patient investors who are very willing to continue funding this this vision, um, because if not, eventually, as you've just said, it, it it's it's going to run out of puff. Motley Fool Money. For more, subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. Mate, why don't we finish off where we started? Uh, let's go back to blockchain, shall we? Uh, and I, <laughs> I gotta say, uh, I, I have I don't remember a more welcome message uh, from a, from a corporate company, a corporate leader. Uh, certainly, 
uh, one that got a little bit carried away with the whole blockchain thing. I'm not anti-blockchain, as you know. I'm not anti-Bitcoin. Uh, but there was a time, and it's almost hard to... I thought it's almost hard to recall. Remember when everybody announced blockchain projects? Was it probably... <laughs> Was it five years ago, maybe? Yeah. When Bitcoin kind of... Not 2017, the last, the last peak of... Yeah. Right? And so kind of Bitcoin arrived and blockchain was a thing. And everyone understood blockchain. And every bastard decided to have a blockchain project for a thing, right? Everyone needed a blockchain. The land titles office is going to be on blockchain. Everything's going to be on blockchain. Blockchain was the future. And the ASX, God love them, said, you know what? We think blockchain is the solution. The next, the replacement for our chess system, the computerized system that tells the market who owns which shares. And it was going to be on blockchain. It was going to be all the, all the good things that blockchain is, all the cool buzzwords and fun stuff and decentralized and all those great things. And uh, <laughs> and it was all, frankly, I, you know what? I, I don't like quoting myself or, 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 you know, claiming credit or prescience unless I can actually find it. I couldn't find my tweet. So maybe I didn't ever send it. This was always the world's most stupid idea. Yep. It was one of the, I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I, I love the technology behind blockchain. I'm far from convinced there is a, even a, a final solution for blockchain. I should use that phrase actually. It wasn't, wasn't intentional. I'm not sure there is, a, there is a definite kind of final outcome or a, or a definitive case for blockchain. If there is, it probably is Bitcoin, which I know you're a fan of. I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure that'll be the case. But the blockchain tech is just super cool. It's just really, 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 really clever, and it's just—it's a really cool thing. So I get the people look at it, and went, "Oh, that's cool. Everyone loves it. We should love it too. Everyone's doing it. We should do it too." You just don't need blockchain to replace. A, I mean, you know, it's it's a it's a database, right? Banks mm-hmm. have used databases for banking for a million years. It doesn't need to be on the blockchain. ASX has chess. It doesn't need to be on the blockchain. It just makes absolutely. It made absolutely zero sense at the time. The good news today, and we're recording this on Thursday, is the ASX is finally after wasting get this two hundred and fifty million dollars on this project. Outrageous million dollars on this project Outrageous. has finally well. The only good thing is the management's changed at the ASX. And finally, thank God, someone has said, well, the emperor's got no clothes. This is a stupid project and they're canning the whole thing. And I couldn't be happier. I'm not a shareholder. I really don't care. Other than I was a bit, I was honestly worried that, you know, chess is really important. And ownership records of who owns what shares are really important. The idea they were playing silly buggers because someone had a wet dream about blockchain was, mm. was just frankly crazy. So I'm really, really, really pleased to see the adults that are in charge at the ASX. I'm pleased to hear they've actually finally done the right thing. They should have killed it off. They should never have suggested it. They should have killed it off after a year and gone, you know what? We did a feasibility. It was a stupid idea. Let's not do it. Instead, you know, it's, it's again, talking about psychology, people love to, uh, People love to jump in and say, "Hey, I had this idea," and then once you've once you've made the idea public, you then you then feel compelled to defend that idea and defend it and defend it and defend it and defend it, try and make it work. You don't want to be the one who has to back down on it. Uh, frankly, they're not, if they're not been a change in the management ASX, maybe this thing wouldn't have been cancelled yet. They'd still be wasting more money on it. Uh, but the good news is that finally, uh, after wasting way too much shareholders' money, they're going to put an end to the project. That, that that's the thing that I find so outrageous and and re- frankly completely unforgivable. I, I would be baying for blood if I was a shareholder at the ASX. Mm-hmm. Look, you know, well, I, I, rem- the I remember the t- management's gone, mate. Like that's that. Yeah. The issue the issue on this one is kind of like that's you know the, the, that's about the the benefit and cost of it being a public company is that the company survives, the project survives, the people survive until it doesn't, or until the project doesn't. Uh, but the people who uh, who you want to blame are maybe aren't necessarily there anymore. There's no there's no blood to be bayed for, unfortunately. Look, I, I get. I get that there was this new invention, this innovation. It looks interesting. Mm-hmm. Let's look into it. I mean, you can't fault them for that. 
There's no. no, there's no, there's no fault in that. Feasibility is a great thing. <laughs> Absolutely, right? Had you spent, yeah. and if you got someone and knew what they were talking about, and you'd spend a month or two mm-hmm. on it, you would have realised that it's a completely impractical solution. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's like they had this solution looking desperately for a problem, and and blockchain. Um, again, I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole with it, but blockchain makes huge compromises in efficiency. It's a ridiculously inefficient way to store information. Um, it really, the reason that you'd even bother to do it, especially when tied with proof of work, which uses a lot of energy, but for a very good reason, mm-hmm. and that's a whole other kettle of fish, um, is, is because it removes the, uh, it, it takes trust out of the system. You know, yep. it, it removes that counterparty. Yeah. So, so we, so we, right. that's why block times uh, are 10 minutes. So it'll take, it'll take at least 10 minutes to get like a confirmation on a, on a, okay. on a base layer transaction. It'll take longer than they, that to get multiple transactions. Every transaction has to be broadcast to every single node in the network. All of these nodes are using power. It's incredibly mm. inefficient, but it's a massive, it's, it, but we would do that for, for really one major use case <laughs> um, because, because it, it's worth the trade-off. When you have something that is a, you have all, here's a, I talked about ironies at the start of the, the episode. Irony of ironies number three um, is that you have all these centralized projects trying to be decentralized in name because it's a cool buzzword. The, the ASX should centrally control these records. We're happy with yes. that. That's cool. That's, that's, that's the very point. Yeah, and, and by the way, when you're running it on an Ethereum blockchain or something, which is, I would say, not as decentralized nearly as much as people think, and please don't Ethereum bulls right into me. I don't care. Do your own thing. <laughs> but that's a whole other kettle of fish. That's, by the way, I, I suspect that that's not going to last either. But anyway, that's a whole other kettle of fish. Um, the the, 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 the uh, absolute waste of money, $250 million dollars. <laughs> absolutely inappropriate for a particular um, thing that they were looking to do and uh, just hopefully this is this is a, a a lesson to to other people if you've got by the way an investment in a company that's doing blockchain you've really got to ask why what advantages does that offer over an old school database and if you can't clearly articulate that I suspect in 99% of cases you won't be able to uh, sell because because they're just they're just trying to arbitrage the the hype of of a new term and technology. Yes, and I think that's I think that's the I mean we're talking about FOMO, right? Like literally the ASX itself gets called it FOMO wants us to be the solution because someone has a great idea and it's supposed to be the future. And it just it's a reminder to everybody I think mate of of you know I'm not a troglodyte. I love being on the relatively cutting edge of new tech, right? Like I, I love gadgets and I love the technology. I want to you know it's it's really fantastic. And I'm not the person saying there are no changes, right? I own shares on Amazon I have for years, not long enough. Unfortunately, if I bought them years earlier, I would have made even more money. But, um, you know, like these, these things are really cool innovations and disruption is really, really cool. The problem is most disruptions don't disrupt anything. Most potential disruptions die on the launch pad or they explode in early flight, right? These things don't get to escape velocity, yep. almost by definition. And the idea that a new thing, and even when it does, the, the one use case doesn't mean it's the same use case for everybody. We just yeah. talked about Deliveroo, right? Yeah. Even if Uber Eats et al. are the future of food delivery, and I think they probably are in some form, because um, it's basically just it's decentralized. I, I used to work in a, I was a pizza delivery kid when I was at uni, right? I just drove, jumped to the 1979 Toyota Corona and drove pizzas around the neighborhood. This, that's not new, right? A new way of solving it, of effectively you know, crowdsourcing 
the solute, both both the 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 orders and and the drivers or deliverers makes perfect sense. Uh, but can it be done at scale by everybody? Probably not. Mm. Does it make it a bad idea? No. Does it mean everyone should do it? No, absolutely not. And so I think it's just it's just worth being really really careful about you know even even the technology even when it's right even when it's cool even when it has a use case. It doesn't mean it's universally applied to everything all the time by everybody. It just, it just doesn't make sense. So mm. just be careful across the investment universe with all that sort of stuff. Uh, hopefully, some of the issues we've talked about today are a really good example. Maybe this podcast brought to you by the letters F-O-M-O. I'm not sure, but <laughs> it, feel, it feels a bit like that today. Um, I just, I don't know. I, don't know. I, yeah. Go I, I tweeted during the week that you can't have something be 10 times better and not be adopted. And the flip way of yeah. saying that is... Uh, Reversing that is is that unless something is ten times better, it's probably not going to disrupt the incumbent way of doing things. Like if right. you've got if you've got something that's slightly better, yeah, uh, that's still going to be hard to to get people to switch over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unless there's like virtually no friction in in changing. But most things do have friction, like enterprise software and that. Because it's just a big pain in the backside and cost and risk and everything that comes with it. So no one's really going to bother with something that that's even fifty percent better. Uh, even twice as good sometimes is going to be very hard to do it. You really need that ten that ten x improvement for people to 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 make the switch, and you've got to ask with with these kinds of technologies. It's not just is it cool, is it trendy, uh, has it got a particular use case? Is it is it doing something that is significantly better than the than the current way of doing things? And if not, then I I just I feel as though you're really going to be pushing it uphill to, to, to make a go of it. Unless you've just got an incredible sales team or again, there's something that just has no friction in, 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 in consumers or businesses switching over. So I just think it's a very handy lens to look through because too often we go, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's, that's got some advantages, particularly if you are right into the tech and you go, oh yeah, it's, 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 a, it's better. And it's like, yes, laser discs <laughs> were better than LPs. <laughs> you know, right. mini discs players are even better than yeah, CDs yeah, in, in a lot yeah, of ways, right, you know, but they right. weren't, they weren't better enough. And uh, if you really want these great investments, you need something that's just going to like, wow, why did we ever do it that other way? Email disrupted snail mail for that. It was 100 times better. You know, the, the internet disrupted classifieds because it was a thousand times better. Uh, uh, iPhone disrupted um, the BlackBerry because it was a hundred times better. Electricity disrupted Steam because it was a thousand times better. You know, it's just or every single story that you want to tell of groundbreaking structural shift in 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 the in the way that we interact as a species was because something was phenomenally better than it was before so you know i'm i'm all for incremental improvements in 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 things but uh you know when 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 the asx is looking to slight just to bring this back to point (laughs) when the asx (laughs) is looking to spend quarter of a billion dollars that something that might be a slightly better it's like you know straight away that is a complete waste of time and it's not even better it's worse in this instance I, you know, one, one really quick thing too, mate, you know, and another thing, uh, the, the subtitle of this podcast. Um, it, I'm reminded, we talked about the one-hour delivery, um, you know, the one-hour delivery companies in April, we talked about that, went, a couple of them went broke. Um, They've been VC funded. It's no surprise by at the same time, Woolies is offering much, 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 much faster pickup and delivery, right? I'm sure Coles is too, I'm all these customers, so I know that one better, but I'm sure they're all the same. Um, and it just, uh, it, it, you know, if, if, if it's not, if it's not, so much better and frankly so much more disruptive even if the idea was great the competitors pick it up and say no someone says how about one hour delivery I'll make a company about that and Willie says hold my beer 
I'm already a grocery company and I'm going to do one out of delivery too. Now what are you going to do, punk? Mm. It's like, oh, well, there goes my entire Oh, and, and by the way, I've got all of these other operations that are gushing cash, which can actually <laughs> help me fund this at a exactly. loss until I just outlast you. you know? Exactly. Exactly. Now, Amazon survived where Walmart could have killed them off. So there's a lot of luck, right? Walmart had its head so far down deep in the sand that Amazon waltz past it. Walmart should have killed Amazon off the first six months. Oh, Blockbuster should have been, been you know, Netflix. We right, should all exactly, be subscribing exactly. to Blockbuster today. Yep. So it does. It does require the incumbent to be, you know, as a disruptor, you want an arrogant, stuck in the mud, calcified competitor, right? That's a great place to start from. And by the way, Walmart is one of the most spectacularly successful businesses of the last half century in the US. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even saying it's terrible. It's a great business, um, but it, but it is one of those, you know, it is one of those challenges where you think, well, what's actually going on with this, uh, you know, this opportunity, this business, uh, but. You just just a reminder that you know that's why disruption is so hard. Mm. Your competitor can kill you. They can adopt your idea. They can steal your like, and it's not bad. It's what what competition does. Mm. You know, you've got to be. It's it's why disruption is so incredibly difficult. And investing in disruptors is incredibly difficult because even those with the best ideas, some of them end up being. You know, MySpace is the other one where it was a mm. spectacularly good idea. They just didn't get to scale in time. Yeah. So they had the idea. They weren't beaten by an incumbent. They were beaten by a competitor who said, "I'm going to do it better and bigger." Mm. Mm-hmm. So there are there are a dozen different ways that you know anyone. Here's, here's something Small else companies. though. Yeah. Here's a flip flip of that. MySpace is around uh, today. Yes, yes. And I suspect they've been paired right back, but they probably make a bit yes. of money. Um, you know, probably not. I mean, I, I I don't know the financials, but I'm sure it's not worth zero. Rupert still lost a few mo- few dollars on. Oh yeah, because it ridiculously overpaid for it. Correct. Here's something Correct. else I tweeted out in the week. The yellow pages mm. is still a thing. Yeah, you can I, get the I yellow pages delivered. Yeah, not not that you can get it delivered. The mind blow for me <laughs> was 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 that people still pay to put their ads in the yellow pages. Like that's funny. What? Yeah. You know, according to the website of the Yellow Pages, like one in three Australians use it, which I just can't believe. I'm no. sorry, I'm calling BS on that. That just, but but the amazing thing is, I mean, that only got taken out of um, like uh, circulation, like you know, just was arrived on your doorstep step without doing anything. I just only want to say seven, eight years ago or something. It's very yeah. decent. Yeah. yeah, I was chatting with someone on Twitter yesterday, in fact, who works in in the, uh, as a I believe as a doctor, saying that they uh, still fax through. Scripts, <laughs> and I why said, no, "Why is there no e-script solution by now? For the love of God, it's twenty twenty. It's almost twenty twenty three. And yeah, then I said, yeah, "Oh, that's yeah. ridiculous, you know." And he said, "Oh, yeah, they don't trust email. It's not secure." It's like email, <laughs> and then he said, "No, no, no, no. It gets worse, you know." It's like we have to go. And you just go all of these examples, and I, I uh, have. I go, go. I was just going to say, you'll see it on my. Just yeah. I, I, I knew. I did actually know that um, that the medical profession was a very <laughs> slow adopter, and I've got mm-hmm. shares in a company that's looking to disrupt that and getting a right. huge amount of traction because you feel as though oh, this has been done by now. You know, it's like, nope, doctors still use pages. They still use fax machines. Even the very, even, and I'm, I'm not, please doctors don't at me. I'm not saying that you're troglodytes. I'm just saying you're working within a system that's dealing with, with uh, you know, a, a very slow moving administrative bodies within hospitals and large enterprises and organizations. So I get it. I do get it. But it is, it is just, if you were to say today that, that the faxes and pages are still being used, that yellow pages are still out there, that MySpace is still a thing, it's just, I just, I don't know, just the contrast with what we were saying earlier, it's just investing is hard, I guess is my point. Investing is really bloody hard. Yes. And that's probably a good way to finish. Will you come back on Sunday? Yeah, let's do it. Until then. Full on. Cheers. 
The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. The Motley Fool operates under financial services licence 400691.